You're listening to the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast, a podcast designed to help female entrepreneurs like you stand out authentically and genuinely on social media. I want to get you creating the social media content that may be imperfect for others, but it's right for you and your business. I'm your host, Kirsten Jordan. I'm a social media content strategist, and I'm excited you are here today. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to another episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast. And today I have a very special guest, Rachel Kelly. She is the founder of Make Lemonade. She, her pronouns, and she's been someone that I've been wanting to interview for a long time. When I actually first started this podcast, Rachel, you were on my wish list. So thank you so much for for making my wish come true. And without further ado, I'm going to welcome Rachel and let her explain exactly what Make Lemonade is. So welcome, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. And that's really such a, such a warm welcome and makes me feel really special. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again. Uh, so I guess to just dive in, I'll tell you a little mm-hmm. bit about Make Lemonade. So I opened Make Lemonade in 2017. It was a co-working space in downtown Toronto. Um, and I made it a space for women or women entrepreneurs, but of course it was open to all identities as well. Really the initial plan was like, I just wanted to create a really cool space for people to work in. And then this community blossomed out of it. And then our friend, the pandemic came and, and uh, knocked us on our side while we had to quickly scramble and figure out the next way to move forward. Because when the pandemic hit, my entire business model didn't make sense anymore because everything I was doing was all about getting people to come leave their homes and work from the office. That my whole revenue was tied up that way. Mm-hmm. So then quickly scrambled and we created some virtual co-working. We did a couple beta tests of different programming and then launched something called the Get Shit Done Club, uh, which is a virtual co-working community for entrepreneurs who want to feel held accountable, want to feel connected in a community, um, grow some awesome friendships, and also learn a few things about business along the way. And then in end of August, 2021, I made the big decision and I decided to close officially the doors to our co-working space and commit to going fully virtual. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of pivoting, a lot of shifting <laughs> gears over the last mm. couple of years. I actually was fortunate enough to, to do a, a team building session at your in real life office um, before the pandemic hit and what a beautiful space. And for those of you listening who also had the chance, I'm I'm sure you'll agree that it was what I think it was one of my favorite spaces in Toronto um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the design and the approach. And for some reason, I feel like that design translates really well to your social media. So I'm going to come back there. Um, So as you shifted virtually, has it opened sort of up in terms of allowing you to reach people beyond the Toronto area. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say, especially when we first started with like the whole pivoting thing, it really did open up those, those virtual doors, if you will. We, we attracted members um, into our virtual community who are all the way on the West coast and all the way on the East coast. Um, We have a few, a handful of members now who are in the States. So it really has just kind of like removed borders in that way. And also barriers too, because I would get feedback from people who were like, oh my gosh, I live in LA or I'm all the way out in Vancouver or in Halifax. And I really wish I could come to the Make Lemonade office, but I can't. Are you opening a space? So when we went virtual, it just all of a sudden removed the boundaries and uh, and allowed people to join us from wherever they were. Mm, that's awesome. So I think it's a lot of people have had to go virtual and sort of organize virtual courses, virtual programming. What are some what are some things that if you were to do it all again in terms of the Get Shit Done Club, what would you do differently? And, and what do you think really works well in terms of building those virtual connections um, with an online community? Yeah, that's such a great question. So when we created the Get Shit Done Club, it was really out of necessity. Like we were just bleeding money because we were still paying rent and the, all the other expenses. So it really was like a, as a band-aid solution. And we didn't really know if it was going to be a long-term thing or not. So if I were to do it differently, I mean, I would have created it without a pandemic, without the pressure, <laughs> that would be number one. Um, because really like a lot of things were created as like a let's just get this up and see how it works. So there's been a lot of um, shifting and uh, just reiterating as things have gone along. I mean, that being said too, sometimes like the best things come from just being Mm. forced to just do something and then adapt as time goes on too. Mm. My own personal model is just very like, you can always change. You can create Mm. something and evolve as things go on too. But yeah, if I, it truly, if I reflect, like, I wish I was just, I just even gave myself like a week, an extra week to just like take a beat and really think about the next decision. But it all worked out in the end. Yeah. I'm curious. And I know a lot of people who listening to this would be curious as well. Do you use Facebook as a platform, you know, to complement your virtual community? Or I know you've used Slack in the past. Is Slack still something that you use for this? That's a great question. So for all of our members inside of the Get Shit Done Club, we have a private Slack community. Mm. I just wanted to create something that didn't force members to use a platform. Maybe they didn't use. And I just wanted something that wasn't tied to social media. And it's funny you asked that about Facebook because I actually just about just under a month ago I actually decided to close our public Facebook group oh and I really found like when I really started to think about it I was like well what is the purpose what are people actually doing here right at the end of the day we're remembering that we're business owners and that our ultimate goal is to make money as, as business owners. And of course do, do it in a way that aligns with our values. And it wasn't that it wasn't aligning with my values, but it wasn't really leading to any of the other business goals. And when I made the announcement, I actually found more people signed up to book calls with me, more people joined our newsletter or our club wait list. Um, and I really just kind of gave people a place to where, where things could actually happen in the business. Mm. Yeah, it, it's very interesting that you said this because someone, another business owner that I know who I'm going to tell her to listen to this advice that you just gave is struggling with a similar decision. And I think a lot of 
what I've seen in the female entrepreneurial world is you can never escape Facebook. Like, um, mm-hmm. and we'll dive into that a little bit on the Instagram side. I mean, Facebook meta, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> whatever they want to call themselves, they're, they're there, but the face, the actual Facebook platform, so many female entrepreneurs open Facebook groups as a way to mm-hmm. sort of get traction with their businesses. And then it's been, at least from my perspective, interesting to watch kind of that trajectory where more and more people are moving away from it. They're using Slack, uh, Circle, Mighty Networks. And I have to say it's a much more enjoyable experience, mm-hmm. but there's always a sphere of like, well, I need a Facebook group or I need a Facebook business page, but it's really not serving a purpose for a lot of business owners that I know. And the algorithm is painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this really comes back down to really understanding what your marketing plan is too. It all, it all just has to lead over to what, what is the desired outcome? And I think I definitely created a lot of things in, in my business because that's what was maybe the trendy thing. Or, you know, I, I read a cool blog post about it and was like, well, I need to jump on this. And it's kind of going back to my advice I had with creating when I initially started the get shit done club. It's like, I really wish I took a time, took a, a bit of time to just take a beat, reflect and really ask myself, why am I doing this? Is this going to bring me closer to my goal? Is it going to take energy away? Is it necessary? Mm-hmm. You know, when I dreamt up my business was doing X like actually necessary in, in getting me to the goal or was it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is very, very true. So before I, before I go into the social side of things, how did you come up with the name make lemonade? I'm always curious about how people came up with their business names. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's kind of a, a cute story. So Back in 2016, I was freelancing. Um, I was kind of a freelancer, Jill of all trades, if you will. And um, I was working for this one company and they actually offered me a full-time position. And I was really excited. I quit all my other freelancing gigs and was like, cool, this is what I'm doing moving forward. Back in the in the back of my head, I was kind of like, I know this isn't what I really want to do, but it's going to make me some decent money, money. for the first time <laughs> ever. And, and just like... I just kind of didn't want to think about other hard stuff. Anyways, long story short, a day before I was supposed to start, they actually kind of pulled the rug from under me and said, never mind, we can't move forward with this, blah, blah, blah. And so I spent about a week being bitter. But during that week, I reflected and I always knew I wanted to start my own business. And I kind of had this like lingering idea for a shared working space of some, mm. some sort in my mind. And I remember thinking, well, life's handed you a lemon. Why don't we just make lemonade out of it? And the name kind of stuck. And I just was like, okay, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to call it. I'm going to call this, this space make lemonade. Um, you know, it's all about turning sour situations sweet. Um, some people kind of interpret it as like the Beyonce thing about making money. And it it really is kind of an amalgamation of all of that. And it also really makes me think of like, you know, sometimes for a lot of people, the very first entrepreneurial journey we go on is, um, selling lemonade on, on the side of the street. (laughs) So it kind of just embodied all of those sentiments together. What was the, I'm curious, what was the first thing that, so you came up with this idea? What was the first thing that you did? Did you say, I'm going to get a, you know, physical office space. I'm going to work on my branding. Um, What was it? 
So I kind of did two things. Um, one, I just like started researching as much as I possibly could. And I just kind of started this gigantic list. Like I had a huge piece of paper in my living room and just wrote out every possible thing I could imagine necessary to do it. And then I kind of translated that list into like a list of expenses to help me start to figure out how much is it going to cost. And then I actually started an Instagram account for Make Lemonade. And it really was just like my sandbox. And I was like, I'm just going to play around here. I'm going to share images of what I'm interested in. And, and let's just see, you know, are people, are people kind of vibing with this? I tried to kind of like, I would share different artists work and tag them. And I try to make sure everything was Toronto local, just mm-hmm. to really get like a cool sense in the city. And, and I just wanted to see like, are people going to be interested? Anyways, the coolest thing is that actually a few of my friends actually sent me Make Lemonade's profile and they said, oh. you should check this out I think you would really like it and I was like surprise it's me and and the reason I didn't tell anybody when I when I started the account is because I wanted to really see like is this a viable thing would people be interested without knowing me I don't want people to be biased and like it just because they like me and so that's how I that's kind of how I started it was just like my my sandbox playing thing before I actually committed to signing a lease and getting really serious. Do you remember your first post? Um, yeah, I think it was all you need. It was like a, a quote graphic. I'm pretty sure this was the first one. And it said, all you need is Wi-Fi and a dream. Hmm. That is a good saying. <laughs> and, and was it through that playing around that you sort of came up with the branding? Because you have a very distinct brand um, that is very cohesive on social media. It's playful, it's fun, but it does stand out and sort of, in my eyes, it stops the scroll. That's so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, that's, I think that really was like my playground to, to figuring out the branding. And then I created a Squarespace site and just kind of played with the colors that I really liked. And thankfully, like I, I just have a knack for design. Um, That is one of my, my superpowers. So I was able to just um, play around and do something that I felt like really worked. Mm, Very good. (laughs) So do you like social media? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I, (laughs) I really have like a love hate relationship with it. Um, I like, I love, I love the ability to be able to connect with friends from all over the world. When I first started using social media, it was Facebook and I I've studied abroad. I've gone on lots of, lots of trips. So being able to stay connected with friends around the world is really fantastic. Being a business owner and running social media, it turns into a job and I really kind of go back and forth uh, with, with what I like and what I don't like. I have a personal account and I have um, a make lemonade account. And I find one thing that really frustrates me is I feel like I follow the same people on both accounts and I never, <laughs> I, I'm always feeling a little bit existential when I'm sharing. Should I be sharing from the business account or from my personal account? It really, I guess, then it goes back to just being marketing and remembering, like, if we're using social media for our business, it's really just a marketing tool. And that's, that's kind of where we should, should, should leave it. Um, So I guess to answer your question, some days I like social media and sometimes I don't like social media. If I just use it without expecting anything, it's a lot more enjoyable. 
Yeah. That's a tricky question, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. And I'm always curious about, about people's answers. And I think it, it goes back to what you said, it, you know, in the last question is just, it's okay to play around and, and to experiment. And I think, you know, especially the Instagram appeal and it's shifting, you know, especially with the pandemic and, and how mm. that's made people sort of see through kind of that more influencer world is that it doesn't always have to be picture perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes you feel pressured that it does like it needs to be on brand. It needs to be, you know, curated, um, because you're, you are, you are selling a service or a product at the end of Mm -hmm. the day. And going back to, to what you said of, you know, personal versus business, I think, you know, for a lot of the female entrepreneurs that I know is that you are your business Mm -hmm. and the best performing social content is, is you. Um, Mm -hmm. showing up in stories and and sort of creating that human connection. I have a personal account too, but I don't really share much there. So I've, I gravitated a little bit more to my, my business side, but I think it can be social media, what you want it to be. I definitely agree. As you were saying that I was kind of thinking back onto it as well. It's like, I find this is just in generally in any sense is like, as soon as you try to conform and make something fit the way quote unquote, they want it to be, you lose a little bit of that sparkle. I find like things are so much more enjoyable and things typically tend to perform so much better when you just get to do the thing you want to do. There is something there. So I've been kind of personally just trying lately to be like, I'm just going to try and use social media the way I want to, not the way I think I should. Yeah. And I think that Instagram is, it's, and I'll speak from like my industry, like the social media side, all the social media people, they keep talking about like how to get more reels views, how to do, how to use this functionality, trending audio. And it's sort of, I wish things would shift. And that's what I try to do as well as away from let people experiment, make it their own. If we're all using the same audio, are you really standing out? And I know you have to play the game with the algorithm and all of that, but we all are unique and we're all our own individuals and we have our brand. So we should let that shine through. So I think you're a really good example of that, of of like speaking your truth and and remaining true to what it is that Make Lemonade is, is all about. Thank you. Thank you. That being said, it's not always easy. Like I, I, I definitely go through my ups and downs with, Mm. with sharing on, on social. Yeah. Is Instagram your, your primary marketing channel? Yeah, it, it is. (laughs) And I'm saying that as a bit of like a a sigh there. (laughs) It is because I've been really trying to zoom out a little bit more and just really look at our marketing from a bigger picture. I would say Instagram and also our newsletter too. I just don't really want to have to rely so heavily on one, one piece of one platform. Yeah. Have you dabbled in TikTok at all? Uh, no, and I refuse. <laughs> oh, why do you refuse? I won't even download the app because I just personally have a very addictive personality and I know it'll just take so much of my my time and my energy where I'd really like to kind of focus some of our so, our marketing efforts is to be able to do some more in-person marketing, do more of our um, newsletter, our blogs, host a couple of events here and there, and then have Instagram as just a little bit of a, of a quote unquote highlight reel of just 
you know, here's some of the cool things that we do take it or leave it kind of thing. Well, I, I get your emails and your emails are great. So if you don't subscribe to them, people, you should, um, they are a little bit of happiness in your inbox. <laughs> um, do you do your own social content as a business owner or do you outsource? Yeah. So I do pretty much everything like make lemonade and in, in a lot of senses really is like a one woman show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of facilitators who help run our calls inside of the get shit done club. I do work with one of our members who helps me create some reels, uh, through typically about two reels a month. Um, just cause I'm like, I think there's something kind of cool and kind of fun there. And I really like to use the reels as an opportunity to, um, engage our community and get our community involved in creating the reels together. Hmm. Yeah. But other than that, like I'm, I'm doing it all. Okay. So do you batch content? Yeah. I, mm. <laughs> these are great <laughs> questions too. <laughs> um, so a great example is I actually just got back from vacation about a week ago. And while I was, before I went away, I basically wrote all of our newsletters. I planned all of our social media pretty much for the entire month of March. I was away for the first year. I saw your story where I think you gave yourself your own personal accolade for getting shit done or there was, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I had to shout myself out. And so I, and I did it for basically all of March because I didn't want to kind of just be like, okay, I'm back. And now I have all this work to do. And I really was amazed. Like the feeling was so fantastic. So I guess I want to try and kind of do a little bit of that for the next month for April as well. It's interesting though, because I used to do so much batching like a couple of years ago with a lot of our social and whatnot, but then I found there was a part of me that actually would forget about the stuff I wrote. I didn't feel as connected to some of the things. Um, so there definitely is a balance. Like if you're batching and scheduling everything, obviously we need to be aware of what else is happening in the world. Cause something yeah. just may not, may not land. But I think there's just some things I can do to set myself up for, for success. For instance, our weekly newsletter goes out on Wednesdays and nine times out of 10, it's usually me on a Tuesday night writing the newsletter and, and like cursing at myself. So that is like a thing I'd like to, that habit I'd like to break. Okay. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I'm not a huge batching content fan for kind of the reasons that you just spoke about is you, you forget. And then as as simple as it sounds, like sometimes people just don't really think about the context that we're operating in, in the world and they forget that they've scheduled things. And I think when you, you have more of a creative energy, batching content kind of takes that away. And so like, I find it much more enjoyable to be kind of more in the moment and to be inspired by maybe something I saw on my walk or something I read that contributes to the content that I want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, but I know, I know some people are huge batching fans. That's, that's why I asked. Okay. One last question. So as I mentioned, the podcast listeners are predominantly female entrepreneurs. What would be your best piece of advice to someone who is trying to get their dream going, or they have an idea that they would like to start a business? Yeah. I mean, 
maybe you could do similar to what I did, like create a, create a separate account and just play with it. Maybe it doesn't need to be so specific of creating an account, but just start dabbling in what it may be. Um, you know, interview some people or invite some people up for coffee or a zoom chat of those who are in the industry that you want to be and, and get some real advice some firsthand, uh, lessons from those people who are doing the thing of, of what you're, what you're kind of thinking of doing like write about it, take, take some sort of action that brings you one step closer. I kind of believe in these three things that I talk about in the get shit done club when it comes to going after your goals and your big dreams. And it's having a vision. Um, so number one is having a vision and just getting really crystal clear on what it is that you want to move forward with, um, understanding that life happens, visions change, but, you know, just always constantly checking in with yourself, asking yourself the question, if I had every single thing in my life that I wanted, what would it look like? Um, the second thing is to start building your own personal recipe. There's a reason why there are a million different coffee shops in the world, and yet they all exist, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, everyone drinks coffee, but some people are going to choose Starbucks. Some people are going to choose the other little corner cafe. But then of the day, it's the same thing. So this is all about that personal recipe and building your own personal, unique perspective, mm. figuring out all the little ways that are going to build you, uh, bring you from point A to point B that's bringing you closer to your vision. And then third thing, the third piece um, that I talk about is all about community. Uh, connect yourself with people who are doing the things that you want to do. And, you know, yeah, expand your community outside of just your roommate or your pet or your spouse <laughs> or your parents, because those people are always going to be there. But you want to be able to get the belief in people who don't even know you yet, too. And it's going to build your confidence so much more. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, thank you for sharing all those. Those are really amazing tips. And <laughs> I know your community is, is filled with a very diverse set of entrepreneurs who have amazing energy, skill sets. Um, I actually had the chance to just do some branding work with Nikki DeGoy, yeah. who's in your community. And like that, what the advice that you just gave about expanding your networks and, and seeking out new people is, is really important because if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't, wouldn't have met someone like Nikki, mm. right? Okay. How do people find out about your Get Shit Done Club? Best way is to go to makelemonade.ca and follow the big link that says join the club. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It can't get clearer than that, Rachel. <laughs> so on that note, thank you so much for taking the time today to answer all my, all my questions. It's very much appreciated and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Yeah, this was so great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast. If you like what you've heard, I'd love for you to leave me a review or to subscribe so you can make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes. And I'd love to continue the conversation over on Instagram at Kirsten Jordan Digital. Until next time, keep being perfectly imperfect.